Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle. I'm the host, and I'm also known as the Vibrarian. I'm here to elevate, enlighten, and empower you with information that I hope that you find positive and uplifting. Every Tuesday evening, we're here at 9 p.m. on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, and we're getting to have conversation with people who have discovered their psychic gifts and abilities. Um, you can tune in to the Vibrary on blogtalkradio.com slash the Vibrary, and that is B as in vibration, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-Y. And I've also got a Facebook page where I'm bringing people together. I like to call it the Good Vibe Tribe because we're all sharing information with each other in an effort to improve ourselves. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the same handle, and that is at the Vibrarian, and that's T-H-E-V as in vibration, I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And I would definitely invite you to join our community over there because we are constantly, I'm posting follow-ups from the interviews that we have with the various psychics and there are events and activities and I'm always trying to spread the news about opportunities for you to grow yourself in a positive way. If you're on Instagram or Twitter and you see something that's positive or uplifting, be sure to tag me because I definitely want to amplify that and pass it along to my network as well. I'm so excited to have everyone join us for these shows, every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. is the Vibrarian show. And that is just a topical exploration. It's like a cross between Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and X-Files. We don't leave any stone unturned, and we're talking about everything from Akashic Records and divination, extraterrestrials, dreams, lucid dreaming, and um, just anything that you can imagine. That's every Thursday night on this same channel, same phone number. If you're listening in on our line, which is 646-668-8988, and you have any questions for our guests during the show, please just hit the one button. Let me know that you would like to come on the air, and I'll try to get to you as soon as possible. As you know, sometimes during the Psychic Inside show, our guests provide readings at the end of the episode during the last segment. I just wanted to let those of you know who like to hold that we are not having that this evening, but I will be providing information where you will be able to reach out to tonight's guest at a later date to find out more about her amazing healing services. So I'm really so excited this evening for my guest because, I, you know, it's kind of funny because I feel like I know her. And the reason why is because I've been signed up to her newsletter for a couple of years now, I think nearly two years. And I have found um, her post to be so insightful and She's very transparent and authentic as it comes across in her messages. And I feel like I'm sitting down having a cup of coffee with an old friend when she relates her journey and wisdom to the reader. So I'm very excited this evening to welcome Janet Raftus to the show. Janet, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Thank you, Joelle. I'm excited to be here and to be chatting with you. 
<laughs> it's quite interesting because, uh, you know, I, it makes me giggle because, uh, uh, you know, I <laughs> met you a couple years ago when you were providing mm-hmm. services at the Blue Barn in Atlanta, which has a long-standing mm-hmm. um, psychic fair. And I think mm-hmm. I sat with you once or twice and immediately you signed me up for my newsletter, your newsletter. <laughs> Fast forward, like, until maybe maybe eight or ten months ago, and I connected with this wonderful couple on Instagram who was <laughs> offering <laughs> coaching and counseling. So I signed up to talk with them, and they were like, oh, you live in Atlanta? We used to live in Atlanta. I was like, oh, yeah, I used to live in Atlanta. You know, I live in Atlanta. I love it too. And the lady, uh, I think it's Natha, is how you pronounce her name. She Natha. Said, you may know my my friend Janet, Janet Raptors. I was like, oh my gosh, I do. I do. And I think she had just come yeah. back from one of your retreats. So yeah. I know that you are a, a retreat facilitator because I've seen them announced in the newsletters. You've been to Costa Rica mm-hmm. and beautiful mm-hmm. places where you are helping people to heal themselves, both in an energetic and a spiritual level. How long Mm -hmm. have you been doing this kind of work? Healing work in general? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I started started with um, Reiki training. That was about 14 years ago. And, um, you know, it was kind of a slow start at first. I was, I did a lot of self-healing the first couple of years. Um, and that was my primary focus. I was living in Costa Rica at the time with my ex-husband. My son had just been born. And um, I, mean, I, was, I was going through a lot, a very difficult period. Um, and so Reiki was really, I mean, it was such a light for me. And so I started, like I said, 14 years ago, I quickly became a Reiki master and, and then I've been, you know, in practice for about seven or eight years and full-time in that for about four. And so Reiki just kind of clicked for you personally. You quickly kind of felt the, mm-hmm. the ability grow in yourself then as you were working through your own healing process? Yeah, I think what I really noticed was that I – what it did was activate the healer that was already within me. Um, it helped me to understand a lot of things about my life, about my really high sensitivity to energy from the time I was a very small child. I was able to see energy, feel energy. I was highly empathic, so I could feel what everybody was experiencing around me and, you know, always as an empath will want to do, trying to change it and, um, and my hands were always burning hot growing up. And I was, you know, when I was growing up, I thought I was, like, so embarrassed about it. I started, right, you know, I was like, oh, my God. And they're my first boyfriends. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, I got this sweaty hand. But, um, <laughs> but it, it all made sense. You know, it all made sense once um, I started working with healing energy. I was like, oh, God, yes, yes, this is, this is, this is it. This is all of it. This makes sense. So once you started the, the Reiki practice and worked through your own healing uh, process, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I have Reiki certification as well, but I don't practice mm-hmm. really on others, but on myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and uh, even at different mm-hmm. times in my life, I found that Reiki came to me 
opportunities for that that really were when I didn't even know how much in need of healing I truly was. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. through my Reiki attunements and, and things, I discovered, wow, I really am ungrounded. Yeah. I understand, <laughs> you know, I understand that. So mm-hmm. as you started to heal yourself, mm-hmm. Did you move into chronic healing at that time? I know that that you also are a multimodal mm-hmm. energetic healer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I started um, working with chronic healing. Um, I took the I took three different courses in chronic healing. That was about three years ago, maybe. And I also studied matrix energetics around that time. So, and I use all three modalities in my practice, but I also, because I'm psychic and because I'm a medium, I, um, I also really have a very free flowing energy healing um, practice where I, I use those modalities, but I'm also communicating with everybody's, you know, tribe, their spirit tribe. And, Mm they're telling me what to do. You know, they're, they're really mm-hmm. running the show. So I am multimodal, but um, mm-hmm. even in within that, it's, it's very open. It's very open. That seems to be a common thing that I'm hearing amongst uh, people mm-hmm. today who say that mm-hmm. the rigid structures of there is the way to do something. You know, mm-hmm. you make a cake mm-hmm. and you do it this way and you don't add any extra pinches of anything or you're not doing that thing. But from what mm-hmm. I'm hearing is that many people are moving out of that rigid structure into mm-hmm. more of a personalized expression of whatever mm-hmm. their gifts are. Mm-hmm. And it seems like people beat themselves up sometimes because they think I'm not doing it right. Now, did you have that kind of natural then morphing, or was that challenging to you at all in terms of as you began to acquire certain skills? No, it was very natural for me, and I really trusted it. Um, I really, really trusted it. And, I, in fact, um, at some point I stopped saying that I, I practice Reiki. I mean, I share that mm-hmm. I am trained in Reiki, and I teach Reiki because I, I think it's a very simple and beautiful and effective healing tool. Um, but I stopped saying that I was practicing Reiki because I really didn't feel like it was a Reiki session per se. Right. But um, Mm -hmm. I trusted it. And and really what I I believe, like one thing that is sort of the cornerstone of my practice is, you know, it really it doesn't matter what modality you're using. Like any modality that you use Mm -hmm. can produce miracles. Any, you know, we we are drawn to the ones that resonate to us initially. Um, And for some people, structure is good. Like chronic healing is extremely structured. And if you follow a certain Mm -hmm. protocol, you can expect to get certain results. And that's great for some people that works really, really well, you know, and, um, and, and, but what I've discovered is that it's really intention and for me, it's intention and following Mm -hmm. the guidance that comes through. Um, That's how I seem to work the best. But what is so important is not necessarily the modality that you, that you, Um, work with but how you show up as a healer you know have you done your healing work um do you are you empowered in the energy that you are that are you're using are you a clear channel are you able to 
you know, how are you interacting with the clients? Are you working in integrity, so forth and so on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the matrix, uh, what is it, matrix energy healing you discussed? Well, matrix what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, it what is, is that? Um, it was, uh, it's a modality that was started by um, a man named Richard Bartlett, and um, he was a naturopath and a chiropractor, and he, you know, as happens with many healing modalities, he stumbled into it. Um, he did something one day with one of his clients, and a miracle happened. And he was a very open person, very open to spirit, very open to receiving messages from his guides. And they shared with him, you know, different techniques to use. And um, it's really a fun modality. It is um, probably the funnest <laughs> modality I've been exposed to because. Whereas with Reiki, you're channeling, right? The healing energy is coming through you. Same with pranic healing. It's a little bit different in the way that it is executed, but it's mostly a channeled um, modality. Um, Matrix Mm -hmm. is really playing and interacting with the field. Um, It is about, um, I would would say manipulating, but manipulating in the highest form, right? Right the way energy works and the way energy like different frequencies and vibrations interact with one another um, and how you can influence and shift um, certain vibrations by working with the field in, in different ways. So what does that kind of look like? Being like a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I mean, like if you're in a session with a client and something mm-hmm. uh, presents itself, say an inner child wound or or some other Mm -hmm. type of deep trauma how does that playful energy that you're speaking of then manifest itself Mm -hmm. can you give an example so sure sure so and i do um i do see a lot of one of one of my gifts is i'm able to psychically see the origin of trauma um Mm. And so I work with inner, the inner child a lot. And actually the retreat work that I do with my colleague and friend Alicia Miller is a, is a lot of working with um, the inner child, which is um, specific to her modality as well, as well, which is core emotional healing. So when I am in a session with someone and um, the wounded child comes up, the inner child, um, I usually uh, I see what happened. Where was it? Was it, was it a trauma? Um, how did this limiting belief or pattern start? What happened here? What's going on in the nervous system as a result of it, um, mm. etc. So there's like a many different things that I could see here, and then we can work with the energy. And Matrix is great for this because Matrix works really well at helping to shift patterns, and so you can. Um, you can um, access um, through, you know, there's different ways to work with the matrix energies, but you can access different frequencies and the different frequencies can help to shift the energy. Now in an inner child situation, like what I just described. So let's say I'm, let's say that I'm, I'm working with an inner child who I see was abused in some way as a child. And we can say that it was a verbal abuse, let's say. So if I see someone mm-hmm, who's been mm-hmm. verbal abuse, I might see them like curled up and I might see words flying at them in anger. Like that's how it might come to me. Mm, okay. And then, okay. so one thing that I would do would I would first, I would start probably start with the Reiki energy because Reiki energy is so loving and warm, but I would in that Reiki energy, I would access that energy of the child at that age. Okay, so let's say the child's okay. three. 
I would go into the energy field of the child at the age of three, and I would hold that um, en- that child in in this healing mm-hmm. energy. And then I would also work with um, Matrix um, probably after I did that. I would work with Matrix to start shifting the energies as they started to unfold. So there would be from that experience, let's say most likely a sense of disempowerment, a sense of victimization, an inability to express Mm -hmm. oneself, right? So we can start using Matrix to work with those energies to see where the – where the limiting beliefs are playing out and to start the mm-hmm. process of shifting the energy with that. And, and most likely there are things that need to be expressed there, right? Emotions that need to come out and, and actually physical things that need to happen beyond the healing session. But with the energies, we can start to shift that and help the person to feel strong enough to emote in the way that they need to emote. I imagine that's not just like a one-time kind of um session Mm-mm. if it sounds no, like I mean, every, that is more in depth yeah so it is um with some things you know it's it, everybody's different right and everybody's healing mm-hmm. journey is different and every session is different and everybody's openness to receiving is is mm-hmm. different so mm-hmm. You know, okay. you can look at someone like Jesus, right? And 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 Jesus had absolute faith, 100% faith. And the people that mm-hmm. Jesus was healing also had absolute faith that he could heal them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he performed mm-hmm. many, many miracles. Now, we don't hear about the, the instances where maybe a miracle didn't happen, but there were probably were some, right? <laughs> um, he right. probably didn't have a 100% track record, but he was really good at what he did because he had 100% faith, and the people that he was healing had 100% faith. So I've seen yeah. absolute miracles happen in my practice as well. Even people who, mm-hmm. didn't, who didn't believe in it necessarily have had miracles occur. So sometimes one session's enough for, for one thing, right? If it's a particular mm-hmm. thing, like I'm thinking of a client of mine who had experienced um, paralysis on the side of his face as a result of some nerve endings being cut during an operation to remove a tumor. And he, oh. after one session, it was a remote session. It wasn't even in person. It was a remote session. He, and he was a skeptic. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he had partial, partial sense. They told him he would never have, sensation there again and that he wouldn't be able to move those muscles ever again and he has had partial um um return of sensation there. so that's i mean that's a miracle right um yeah now, i'm sure there are other things that he can work on right but for that thing he experienced a miracle now mm-hmm. mostly we're more complex than that right and somebody who comes to me and says that they're having, you know, horrible relationship pa- pattern, like they, you know, keep falling for the wrong man, they're in an abusive relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And we look in and, and that's the scenario of what I was just describing to you. That person mm-hmm. is, is most likely, I mean, going to need to have more sessions or other work too. So another thing is that I will refer out to the appropriate person if it's something mm-hmm. like if somebody needs to work on, um, expressing their emotions and um, and finding their voice in that way and becoming empowered in that way. I will refer to Alicia Miller or I will refer to somebody else who has a, a, a specialty that supports the work mm-hmm. I'm doing with the client, right? Um, right. But, yes, like, you know, some people can come to me once. And even people, I had one client who had such extreme anxiety that she was shaking 
I mean, it almost looked like she was having DTs, but it was just shaking. It was just anxiety, Mm -hmm. nightmares, Mm -hmm. so forth and so on. After one session, she was like, like, I mean, she wasn't completely healed, but the shaking stopped. The nightmares went away. She was so much better that she came back, I think, once Mm -hmm. more. And then, and after that, I've seen her, I don't know, that was probably five or six years ago, and I've seen her maybe twice since then. Like, she's doing really good. Okay. Um, okay. It can happen, but it also might not. And there's no judgment there. It's no right or wrong. There's no one way it can mm-hmm. happen or that it should happen, right? It's just whatever that thing is that we're working with, whatever our healing journey is around it. And sometimes I've found that when we have, if there is a spontaneous healing, we might miss the message. We might miss the lesson, mm. Right, so sometimes the healing right. process unfolds so that we can have a deeper understanding of ourselves. When I went through my healing process, which took a, a long time, you know, I was, I was, mess, I was depressed, I was anxious, mm-hmm. I um, hadn't, I hadn't healed from a rape. I mean, I had a lot of stuff going on, and and the three or four years that I did like deep and intense and regular self healing were amazing mm-hmm. for me. I learned mm-hmm. so much about myself. I learned stuff that, like you said earlier, that I didn't even know that I could have known about myself. Like, I didn't even know I was going to discover right. this stuff. And I learned stuff <laughs> right. about and the, the energetic DNA that was passed. I didn't even know what this stuff was at the time. I was like, what the oh. hell is that? I was like, oh, my grandmother is in my root chakra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, you know, so it was a beautiful experience. And if I had just spontaneously healed, I would have missed all that. And I would not be mm-hmm. as effective as I am now with my clients, you know. But the soul knows what the soul needs, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. how did you go from, like, uh, I want to say run-of-the-mill, but, of course, Reiki is not run-of-the-mill, but from a basic understanding of feeling energy in your hands mm-hmm. to realizing that you could see the wounded inner child uh, mm-hmm. sitting in the corner with the world words being thrown at them. How how did that come into your awareness? Of, I guess you call it claircognizance, yeah. clairvoyance, and the, the clairs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so when I first, when my gifts opened back up again, because I had numbed them for many, many years. And then mm-hmm. when I got pregnant, I, um, I stopped numbing. And it was like mm-hmm. insane. It was so crazy how, you know, everything opened back up again. It was really intense, really hard to deal with. Um, and so that was one of the, one of the reasons that I, I, you know, I think was led to Reiki and it was definitely synchronicity because I was living in a small town in Costa Rica. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, when I, when I started doing the Reiki, I, and I didn't have anyone to teach me this stuff. I had to figure a lot out, which is another part of my journey, right? Because I had to figure so much stuff out. I think that I have Mm -hmm. a very deep understanding of a lot of it. And so my my um the first things that really opened up for me again other than you know being able to sense everything energy you know i could i could see and mm-hmm. feel and taste energy everything but my clairvoyance was not that open other than seeing energy it was not that open i didn't see things at the time but my clear audience was very open and my clear cognizance was really strong and my clear sentience mm-hmm. so i was able to use utilize those those um, senses and eventually the clairvoyance like started to fill in right 
It was like I would have it started as having an understanding of what I was seeing. I didn't see it at first, but I knew exactly what it looked like. I knew what it smelled like. I knew what it sounded like. And, um, and then, and then at some point I started to just see images. It started as seeing photographs and then it went to seeing like some video clips, you know, and it's largely symbolic. I mean, I do see literal stuff sometimes, but I, you know, have a background in literature. My master's degree is in Spanish literature. So I think I was very okay. immersed in metaphor and analogy for okay. a huge part yeah. of my life, right? So the way I receive information is typically very metaphorical. Um, I remember, like, one good example of this is that I saw an image. I was working with a man, and it was a remote session, and I saw an image of him roller skating on marbles when I was working on his um, root chakra. <laughs> And I was like, roller skating on marbles. And, you know, and and I described this to him, and he was like, that's exactly what I feel like. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, what is that image? Okay. It's like, you have a very unstable root chakra. (laughs) All over the place. Now, when you were, before the clairvoyance came in, when you were, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of – empathetic certainly so that's mm-hmm. kind of what more aligned with clairsentience mm-hmm. and then the claircognizance would be you understanding the energy that you were feeling in the room or around people like knowing mm-hmm. more about what it is a person is mm-hmm. emitting than what they may know about themselves mm-hmm. but did you understand mm-hmm. it as clairs at that time or did you mm. then also study the like how did you figure out well I'm feeling something and this is some of the emotions and energy how did you transition so I start I didn't know what the names of them were except for clairvoyance and I didn't have clairvoyance (laughs) right you know there was a little period where I was like well I'm feeling all this stuff but I'm not psychic but then I was like oh my god I'm totally psychic like it was there was definitely processing that too (laughs) Right. Um, right. So it was. It was really. I was. I was actually very. I'm gonna say that I felt very. I felt very overwhelmed by it, and a lot of my early story, once I started doing working with healing and doing this stuff, was me trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Like really, okay. it was just me trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Um, I was fortunate right. to come across a mentor, um, probably maybe three or three years into my doing Reiki. Um, a, a woman moved to the town I was living in, who was a healer, uh, a, a psychic medium, and. And she became a good friend of mine, and she was my first mentor. And she was a really okay. beautiful woman who taught me a lot. And and I also started voraciously reading. I read okay. so much. I mean, I got mm-hmm. like I would have my mom every time my parents came, went down to visit us. I would have I would order books for her to bring me down, like right. <laughs> and, <Right>. um, <laughs> so that was a big. I mean, it was a big part of like putting names, like like you said, like I had to put names to what was happening to me, which was so validating, right? Mm-hmm. So validating. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Like this is <laughs> right. And like and you know, I didn't know what it was, and I didn't grow up with religious background. I was very agnostic when I started doing all this stuff. And it was a process for me of being like, I mean, I was doing Reiki one day and I was like, there is a God. Like, I remember being like, there is a God. And I am Mm -hmm. working with that energy right now. And it was like, it was immediate. Mm -hmm. It was like, 
beyond faith. I knew it as absolute truth. And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, but there are no angels. I mean, I was like, I was like stubborn at first. I was like, there are no angels. Angels are stupid. <laughs> and then I was in the and it was like, boom, there was Archangel Michael. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Not only are there angels, but this is some dude named Archangel Michael. <laughs> right. right. Oh, and it was just, I was just hard-headed. And then I was like, but there are no fairies. I mean, this is like my story. I'm like, there are no fairies. Fairies are total make-believe. And then I was like, what, was, what happened next? I was like, oh, not only are there fairies, but they're all around me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'm sure they were snickering oh like, oh, she thinks we're oh. not real. Wait till we show her. <laughs> totally. I mean, totally. It was so like that. It was so, I'm so, and at that point I was like, you know what? I mean, it was a big realization for me. I was like, I am the only thing limiting my understanding of spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, I got mm-hmm. it so crystal clear in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. That the only limitation mm-hmm. is the limitation I'm placing on this. It is an infinite universe. There is, that means that yes. there are infinite possibilities, right? Anything right. that I can even conceive of exists and more. I can't even conceive of us. I can only conceive of the smallest, smallest fraction of it. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. that is so key. That's one of the reasons for uh, me to do this show is that, you know, I believe that everyone is psychic. You just don't Mm -hmm. recognize it. And so to have that common experience of like, you know, I don't know what the heck is going on. I do feel, Mm -hmm. and that word crazy is used quite a bit, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, haphazardly and in a kind of uh, definitely uh, self-deprecating way of, well, you know, me out Mm -hmm. here voicing, but I'm just crazy. But it really, mm-hmm. um, instead of being something you responded to and shut down again in your adult life, mm-hmm. the fact that you decided to say, well, hey, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. hearing things, I'm feeling mm-hmm. something, and I just know exactly <laughs> who that person is as soon as they walk in the mm-hmm. room, and there's got to be an explanation for that. You know, and this, you yeah. said, is like over a period of about 14 years, then that you're mm-hmm. slowly unfolding the layers of of what it is you're, that's developing in you. Now, yeah. when you were a child, you did say that you mm-hmm. had um, abilities that were more fully open mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. What what mm-hmm. was that experience like for you in childhood? You know, it's so interesting. Other than the high hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's one of those things that as a child, all I felt was like the world was too much. I mean, it was just too much. I always felt like I was, I felt like I was at fault a lot. I felt like, I felt like people were mad at me or upset with me um, because they would tell me, Mm -hmm. you know, they would say that they were fine, but they weren't. I knew they weren't. There was something going on underneath Mm -hmm. the surface. So I assumed that it was at me and they just didn't want to tell me about it. Um, I, from a very early age, was trying to manage the energies and emotions of people around mm-hmm. me, which is impossible. But when you're little, you don't right. know that. And right. um, it was really hard. It was, I mean, it was as soon as I was at, at, at an age where, you know, and I grew up in Southern California in the 70s and 80s. So 
I mean, once it like once I was at an age to experiment with things that would numb me, they were all over the place. I mean, it was easy. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was that was the route I took because I didn't know. I mean, it was just I, I mean, just to say that it was too much. That was other really the right. best way to put it. It was just too much. A lot of yeah. people have that experience then where they are mm-hmm so intensely experiencing things that that numbing, Mm -hmm. self-medicating is Mm -hmm. is happening. And so you're talking about like your uh, early uh, 20s or late teens type as you're going out into the world. um, Early teens. No, Mm -hmm. like early teens that started for me and, um, and went into my early 30s. So... Yeah. So it was more it than was, just being an introverted, you know, and quiet type of mm-hmm. child. It was very much mm-hmm. almost, uh, I've heard people say it's almost like being assaulted by the world. <laughs> it totally felt degree. like I was being, yes. Yep, it totally felt mm-hmm. like I was being assaulted by the world. That's like a, that's a really good way of saying it. And um, and I and all I could say is I just wanted it to stop, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you were trying the, the part about um, I'm a Libra, so that balancing mm-hmm. of other people's energy is definitely something mm-hmm. that I've had to learn to be grounded in myself mm-hmm. because it led mm-hmm. to codependent dynamics and patterns of mm-hmm. me trying to problems that weren't mine mm-hmm. and owning other people's mm-hmm. crap, you know. Right. And I don't consider yeah. myself highly empathetic, but for people who are so sensitive like that to be mm-hmm. able to say that you feel emotions as a physical, it's like the air mm-hmm. is thick, the energy mm-hmm. is tangible, and that you're then mm-hmm. receiving all of that of everyone around you. And the more intimate yeah. the relations, such as family dynamics and mm-hmm. partners and, and emotions, mm-hmm. um, it. Did you tend to wind up aligning then or finding yourself in situations with people who were the opposite of that and were seeking a person to put their energetic garbage on? Um, Yeah, a lot of the times. I mean, I definitely have had experiences with, you know, narcissists and um, very wounded on the other side of the spectrum people. Um, and that was definitely a part of my journey as well. I work with a lot of people who have the same experience. And, you know, another thing about being empathetic, and I'm sure this will resonate with um, a lot of your audience, is that it's not just people either. Like, you know, yeah, I was feeling all the stuff of all the people, but you're feeling all the stuff. And for some of us, I mean, there are different types of empaths. I'm highly empathic with people, with animals, with nature, with rooms and houses and I mean, I can be mm-hmm. in a house and I can feel the emotions of the house. I can, um, I was watching a movie. I was watching the zookeeper's wife on the airplane last week or the week before. And there's a scene where a zoo gets bombed in world war two in 1941. And immediately mm-hmm. I burst into tears because I felt the pain of all the animals in 1941, mm-hmm. like the animals that mm-hmm. were really there, mm-hmm. you know? And so right. you know, that was, you know, 80 years ago or whatever. So, I mean, it, it's just, and, and and now I know what's happening, right? Now I can understand. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the pain of all the animals, and it's their pain, and I can understand that, and I'm I'm sensing it, but it's not mine, and I have tools now, right, to not right. carry it with me. But when you don't have tools, like, that's really intense. Right. 
I can imagine that would be pretty draining energetically mm-hmm. of your yeah. personal reserves to a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did, have you wound up limiting yourself in terms of um, media consumption or certain environments now, or do you manage things in such a way that you really don't have problems interacting with certain kinds of energy when they're presented? You're in a nice little bubble, or do you just say, I'll take a pass, I'm not going to that? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. I, I manage my energy really, really well now. When I first started doing energy healing work, when I started my, you know, practicing on other people on a regular basis, I could only do probably three or four sessions a week, and you know, I do six mm-hmm. or seven sometimes in a day now. So I can definitely mm-hmm. hold my energy a lot better. I can maneuver in the world a lot better. I am, I feel, I consider myself a self-cleaning oven. I kind of laugh, but I am <laughs> a self-cleaning oven. Um, and that said, <laughs> and it's a good visual, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> but that said, you know, I take care of myself too, because there are days that I'm tired there are days that I'm hungry. Um, there are days that I have emotional stuff going on. And when I feel those, when I'm having those experiences, I still, even though I'm good at taking care of my energy, even though I'm a self-cleaning oven, there are days that I have to be careful. And I, I try to, I, be, I, I'm, I practice a lot of awareness around my, my, what's going on with me. You know, a lot of times I have to say to my partner, I'm going to in a bad mood and I when I get home like I sometimes need like time to myself to regenerate or to walk the dog Mm -hmm. or to go to the park like I need a buffer zone and then also Mm -hmm. I'm careful about where I'll go like the Kroger by our house you know I usually shop at like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's because the energy is so much better it just feels better to me Mm -hmm. the Kroger by our Mm -hmm. house is actually built over land where a civil war battle was fought I mean Mm -hmm. going there Mm -hmm. is not a, a you know warm and fuzzy experience for me so sometimes right. I have to go there and because it's the mm-hmm. closest place to my house but if I'm feeling fatigued I either take a lot of awareness in there with me that I'm fatigued I'm going in I know exactly what I'm getting and then I'm getting out and I'm using all my tools or I, I skip it if I can or drive further to go somewhere mm-hmm. else so I just bring a lot of mm-hmm. awareness I'm I'm good at taking care of my energy I also recognize what my triggers are with it know right and that's all learning that you did then through your intense self-healing pathway gave you the yeah. uh, opportunities to know thyself it sounds like Mhm. absolutely and everyone can do it and that's another thing too and that's something that i teach because i teach a, a lot of sensitive people how to manage their energy and a lot of them you know what you were saying earlier about people you hear the word crazy a lot i mean i've had I've had clients sitting in the chair opposite me who burst into tears when I've told them they're not crazy that what's happening is real, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and it's so important. It's so important that, um, that people who, who have these sensitivities understand that they're not alone and that they can manage them. They can learn how to live um, a, a vibrant, empowered, um, and energized lifestyle. Well, and it's really a gift. It's you know, empathy is a gift. It's not a curse. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of yeah. people, until they learn how to put those management things in place, may really feel like this is the worst thing that could possibly be happening to me. I feel like yeah. 
out of control of of, of what mm-hmm. I have to receive in the world, you know. Yeah, now, absolutely. Um, I do know on your, I was going to say on your Facebook page, um, which I would love for you to share with people, um, I do know that you had a series of, like, video chats that are available Mm -hmm. where you are teaching empaths how to um, manage energies and how to shift through things. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I definitely found those interesting. So uh, can you tell people how to reach you on Facebook? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been loving the Facebook Lives. So they're on my professional page, which is (laughs) Janet Raftis, um, Energy Healer and, and Intuitive Development Coach. And I'm doing them every Tuesday at 5.15 Eastern. And basically, it's like 10 to 15 minutes. And each time I share like one or two tips to help empaths and highly sensitive people manage their energy and um, work with their intuition in a more empowered way, in a way that feels good. So, yeah, and it's been super fun. Well, and, you know, your newsletter, you consistently Mm -hmm. have been talking about – checking in with oneself and how to Mm -hmm. do that, how to uh, be aware and be in the moment and be in forgiveness with yourself. I mean, this was over a series of months, Mm -hmm. a highlight reel, so to speak. So I definitely, Mm -hmm. I know I have been uh, enlarged from reading your post and definitely would recommend Mm -hmm. to people to uh, sign up for that if you don't do anything else. I mean, we're talking about absolutely free help, you know. Um, <laughs> people are very concerned because they're like, well, I can't afford therapy. I can't afford this or the other. But you can sign up for our newsletter and you can connect with the free mm-hmm. video um, very easily. It's just a matter of making time for it. Now, absolutely. You take- Thank you. Did you take a psychic development class then at some point when you were um, increasing your knowledge? No, I didn't. Um, uh, but I read a lot. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and really what happened for me was it just really, I mean, it was there and it was just a question of opening it and re and re-embracing it and embracing it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but I did... You know, like I said, I had that mentor early on, and she was really helpful for me just understanding what was going on. And then um, I worked a lot with um, with my team, with my angels and guides, and I read a lot and studied mm-hmm. a lot and listened to a lot of interviews like this. I listened to mm-hmm. a lot of interviews like this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so at some point you decided that there was a void that you could fill based on Mm -hmm. your experience and what you saw out there, and you decided to step into teaching. So what what has that looked like for you? Well, you know, it's so funny because for a a long time, um, I've always been a teacher, but I, um, and I got my master's degree in Spanish literature and I taught Spanish at Georgia State for a few years. And I was like, I know I'm a teacher, but, this is not what I'm supposed to be teaching. Um, so, you know, every every job I've ever done, even when I worked in the restaurant industry, I was the one who taught people. So I love teaching. I love teaching. I think that I am a born teacher. It is something that lights me up. And so um, it's always come very naturally to me. And so even when I was working, you know, one-on-one, what I noticed was I was 
teaching people the same things over and over again, right? I mean, that's Mm kind of how it starts, right? So at some point in time, you're like, well, you know what? All these people need to have this information, so I'm going to do a workshop. And then I'm going to do a workshop on this other thing. And then it's like, oh, and then, okay, well, let me just go ahead and teach something on intuitive development. And and it's just been unfolding and and become more and more and more. And... um, and so now I'm doing it in a lot of different ways. You know, I teach online classes. Sometimes I teach live workshops. I have one coming up in Atlanta next uh, at the end of this month. Um, I, I am going to be leading a retreat um, outside of Asheville in October that will have some intuitive and spiritual development. So it's just evolved. But the, me being mm-hmm. a teacher, like, I think I hopped out of the womb with that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're getting to teach something you are passionate about now. You know, that is a wonderful yeah. thing to be, like, really in, in a place of enjoying the life that is mm-hmm. when you are actually actively manifesting. And it sounds yeah. like you, I mean, I thought the class that you have at the, uh, in Atlanta, I think it's, the title is like uh, about releasing your superhero or something to that. Activating your superpowers. Yes. Activating your superpowers. <laughs> yes, I thought that was so cool because, you know, I'm like thinking <laughs> X-Men and everything else. So <laughs> what does the psychic develop, you know, uh, uh, experience like that entail with you? two-day workshop and on the first day we work with energy so it's feeling sensing seeing um, understanding energy your energy body energy of spaces how we interact with energy how we can shift energy how intention works in shifting energy and then from that we move into empathy because that's the natural outcropping of that is how to work with your energy field as an empath to feel stronger and more empowered and then from um, empathy, we roll into inner wisdom. So that's tuning into your inner guidance system, right, which knows absolutely what's right for us, what's best for us. It's how our higher self speaks through us. And intuition really is how our higher self is speaking to us. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the second day, we go into um, working with the clear senses because, you know, I've found that everybody typically has one. They just probably don't know it. And mm-hmm. um, at least one, right? And um, as we work with doing different, it's all very experiential. Um, mm-hmm. And as we work with different exercises and such, people are able to start tapping in. And then we, we talk about all of them and play with all of them. So uh, what is amazing is that people discover that they have, you know, psychic senses they didn't even know that they had. From there, mm-hmm. once we've cultivated that a bit, we, we go into working with guides and angels and um, how to connect with them, and who are they, who's working with us, and so forth and so on, and how can we continue that relationship. So, And, and really, I found with the Activate Your Superpowers um, classes and workshops is that everybody has experiences, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people have said to me, I mean, going back to what we talked about before, it's like, oh, my God, like now I can navigate the world in a different way, and this feels so much better to me. And that's really what, like, that, that's, some, that's some, it's so important. It's so meaningful to me that that can shift for someone. Right. Now, the, the typical uh, participant in your class, mm-hmm. how would you mm-hmm. describe where they're at or, or maybe mm-hmm. more than one typical kind of person who presents? 
Is it a person who is already kind of aware that they have a psychic or are they coming from a place of, you know what, I just want to be my superpowers and I'm not thinking about it as a psychic. I just want to be awesome. Um, It's mostly people who recognize that they are sensitive, but they don't really understand what that means or what that could be for them. So it's kind of like they, they know it's there. Um, and they're curious about it. And um, so they're usually like beginners to intermediate, I would say, okay. that come into this okay. particular activate your super. Because really the activate your superpowers is step one, right? You activate. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you would move to cultivation of your superpowers or strengthening of your superpowers. Um, and I do work with people beyond as well, people who are already open um, and are moving into more specific things. But for this particular thing, usually it's people who they know something's going on, it's a little bit much for them, and, they, and they're excited that there might be a way for them to deal with it in a way that feels good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. are your audience uh, typically women, or do you have women and men? Mostly women. It's usually about, like, 10% men. I would say for every, like, Seven to ten women I have, I have a man. That's <laughs> usually like how it works out. Um, I recently did something where I had, in one of my classes, I actually I had three men at once, and I was like, oh. it was like almost half the class. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> Do you find that men are tapped in differently to their intuitions, or is it pretty similar across the genders? Um, I think, you know, my, my experience is that men, that it's actually very similar, but that they, um, come into it in a different way, right? Because for men, there's, um, there's some more blocks to it because they've been, you know, women, I think growing up, I was told I was too sensitive, right? But men really Mm -hmm. have that put on them, like, do not be Mm -hmm. sensitive, like be a man, man up. Right, right, all of that. So right, right. there's, it's harder sometimes for the men to come through and to really step into it. Now, once they're working in their in their energies and their their clear senses and with their empathy, I mean, men are just as empathetic as women when they're open mm-hmm. to it, when they're working with it. They're just as sensitive with as women when they're acknowledging their sensitivities and embracing them. It is still harder for men to embrace their sensitivities. It really is. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things, too, it's so funny, Scott and I laugh about this, and you know my partner, but one of the mm-hmm. things that I, like, loved about him when we met, I was like, you're so sensitive. And, like, for him <laughs> to hear, like, that admiration for the sensitivity was, mm-hmm. was powerful for him, you know? Um, yeah, but I just, and he is. He is, and he's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, for our listening audience, um I had uh, Janet's partner, Scott Hall, on an interview just a few weeks ago, and I actually Mm -hmm. came into awareness of him from your newsletter when you sent it out. Um, And one of your posts was like, 
what happens when two psychics sit down for breakfast? You know, like what does your breakfast <laughs> yeah. conversation look like when the two of you are full-fledged psychics? Well, Archangel Michael was in my dream outside, and we went to so-and-so, and, you know, I was talking to him. It was quite a humorous post, but, uh, you know, he came into my awareness at that time as well. And he did mm-hmm. share that the empathy as a male was very challenging uh, for him growing up as well. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's quite interesting that two highly empathic people have been able to come into, and both of you are doing healing work, and both of you are, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, reaching out to others like Mm -hmm. you to help shift their lives just as yours was shifted. I think that's very cool, you know. So I definitely would urge people to check that out, out. his interview as well, Mm -hmm. uh, things that we have on the show do get put on the Vibrary YouTube channel and as well um, uh, the rebroadcast is always available here on Blog Talk Radio for people to tune back into at any given time. Now, do you have any classes that then are specific to like an empath, like a workshop or anything um, that's available? Yeah. Yeah. So the Activate Your Superpowers really the first day is dedicated to the empath. Um, okay. I've worked with m- most of my clients are empaths, I've found. Um, so mm-hmm. everything, pretty much everything I do um, is through the lens of, of an empath. Um, that doesn't mean you have to be an empath to be in my class. You would still learn a lot, even if you weren't. But I have just found, and, I, and because of my personal journey and I think my background and because of how I came about learning all this stuff, I attract empaths, you know. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, people find who they need in terms of healing if you mm-hmm. start to seek. That is one beautiful thing is that uh, I know yeah. that when people listen for the shows, that if they're dealing with it, that they will hear the episodes where somebody else has learned to come into full awareness of their empathy and transition to mm-hmm. the gift receiving energy rather than the challenge receiving energy of that. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I did want to ask you, when you came from Costa Rica back to the United States, was it mm-hmm. challenging for you in managing your energy? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think challenging is a gross understatement of what it was. <laughs> um, yes. So I was in a very small town on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica, like dirt roads, trees everywhere, ocean. It was like very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the town at the time had a population of a year-round population of probably 500, 750. I mean, there was a tourist oh, population, yeah. but it was very quiet. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I came back here, and Nick moved right back into Atlanta. Got a job in a restaurant, and I. Uh, it was it was really hard. Joelle was one of the hardest things. I think looking back on it now, I mean, I think I've just, I mean, I I really freaked out a little bit after I moved back. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that that's what was happening at the time, but it is what happened. And um, it Mm -hmm. took me probably, oh my God, I would say at least a year to like settle into it. Um, I feel like now as I look back on it it was kind of a dark time um it was um I had stopped drinking really for the most part in Costa Rica a little bit here and there but I wasn't drinking very much mostly because I had a small child and 
and I was doing energy work. I was doing healing work. So I wasn't, you know, it just wasn't happening. But when I moved back here, I started drinking again. It was, it was almost immediate. And so after only a few months of being back here, I um, decided to get sober, like sober, sober. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. and, and it was, it was really because I got back here and I was like, it was the same thing. I was like, this is too much. This is too much. This is too much. This is too much. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was waiting tables and bartending. And so, I had to very, very quickly reexamine my life, and I saw that I was falling into old patterns um, mm-hmm. from when I lived here before, and and so I got sober, and that was, you know, one of the best things that ever happened to me. The best thing, because um, because due to my sobriety now, I am enjoying everything in my life so 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 much. All my relationships, mm-hmm. my practice, what I'm able to do now. Yeah. Were you? experiencing your psychic clairs at the time of uh, mm-hmm. when you came back? or So when you're yeah. in a state of numbing, but you're still getting mm-hmm. your guides or are your guides mm-hmm. trying to help you or having conversations with you, does that add to the intensity then of all the environment yeah. from every level? It- yeah, it really did. Um, they were. It was, of course. It, I mean, it numbed it some, but not all the way. And um, mm-hmm. and I was definitely getting so such clear messages. Oh my God, they were giving me. They were like mm-hmm. flashing neon signs in front of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So which mm-hmm. was which was good because, like I said, it did happen pretty quickly. Like pretty quickly, I recognized what was happening and um, stopped mm-hmm. it. Um, and I really believe that a big part of that was because, well, I mean, on, 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 you know, on one level, I absolutely did not want to, I I knew where I could go. I had been there before and I did not want to go in that direction. I did not. And I really wanted to be able to be present for my son. And I saw that I was slipping away from that. Like I could feel that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was like immediately was like, no, this is not where I want to go. And at the same time that that was happening, my guides were really clear with me. I mean, I did get really, mm-hmm. really clear messages that, um, that sobriety was the way to go. And so mm-hmm. it, it actually felt like when it happened, it was like when I made the decision, it was like, I mean, it was a spiritual moment for me. It was a highly, mm-hmm. highly spiritual moment for me where I felt mm-hmm. God washing over me. You know, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I have, I mean, I have not even, that was um, eight and a half years ago, and I, I have absolutely zero desire to put anything intoxicating in my body. I mean, I would not mess mm-hmm. up what I've got going on right now for the world. You know, it's just. It's, it sounds very much like your God epiphany in terms of even mm-hmm. when you discover there was God and then. God washed over you at that at those other points mm-hmm. and your discovery of Archangel Michael. It seems like you have very strong transitional mm-hmm. awarenesses that happen in your in your journey. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about <laughs> yeah. it like that, but I do. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I it's interesting them. because sometimes people look for that kind of. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus healed the blind man, instantaneous kind mm-hmm. of conversion of, from mm-hmm. something like, well, now I'm psychic. Now I do this, mm-hmm. now I do that. And sometimes that happens, but other times it is a slow 
movement mm-hmm. and revelation that's solely, you know, and I think a lot yeah. of people just beat themselves up because they say, well, mm-hmm. mine didn't happen like that or right. mine should have happened like this, you know, and to hear yeah. perspectives from people who had like a combination of both. You had slow healing and you had instantaneous yeah. conversions both in your experience. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and, and thinking about it in the way that you've just laid it out is that, you know, it was most likely at, at some of those white light moments were also like when that, when I had that God moment and it, what did wash over me, I mean, that was also could have been and most likely was the product of years of intense self-healing. So even though I had had a little slide backwards, I had had enough healing to where you can't unsee what you've seen, Right. You can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. can try to, you know, but right. it's like I couldn't, all the work I had done, it was still there inside of me. And that had primed me to have that moment, right? To have that moment mm-hmm. of, uh, of rapture almost, you know? Right, right. And that's the, the, what the term rapture means, like a, like a sudden epiphany or ecstatic epiphany, mm-hmm. which, you know, to, uh, to change 180 degrees or from mm-hmm. one perspective to another in rapid fashion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you do any specific workshops for people who have been challenged with uh, substance numbing um, and addictions? I don't, um, but I do work with a lot of people who, um, I don't work with a lot of people who need to get sober, or I I hate to put Mm -hmm. need to get sober on it. I don't have a lot of people come to me and say, I need to get sober. I have a lot of people come to me and say, I just stopped drinking, or I just stopped using. It's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I get a lot of people who are right on the other side of it, Um, and Mm -hmm. or people who are in are maybe um, into even several years of sobriety, but who are um, dealing with some sort of shift in their perspective around sobriety. And that doesn't mean that they're going to go back to drink, but in how they, how they work with their recovery. So I get a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are looking to change them to bring more, I think, bring more of the spiritual aspect into their recovery. Okay, right. That higher yeah. power, and I think bring it in. Totally. I mean, I really think that it is my connection to God, and it's not, you know, I, I don't know how to um, relay this in, in, with the proper reverence for it, because it's not like God keeps me sober. I mean, I keep myself sober, but my connection to God, my connection mm-hmm. to spirit, my... my um, the way that I'm living my life right now um, in that, that um, contact with spirit, right? That conscious contact with spirit that keeps me sober. And if my spiritual connection were not this strong, then I don't know Mm -hmm. if I would stay sober, but as Mm -hmm. it is now, I'm like, I can't fathom it being any different because, because I, I feel blessed. Well, absolutely. I mean, that connection is driving uh, 
from your Reiki and pranic healing and matrix mm-hmm. healing and you're, you know, mm-hmm. it's like being bathed in it in a persistent mm-hmm. state. So I will yeah. say that that is very euphoric, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to be tuned in at times to a, a creator mm-hmm. source. It is, whoo, <laughs> you know, you can, yeah. I felt quite tipsy at times, you know, a little lightheaded and, uh, and unstable on my feet, you know, because yep. <laughs> it is yeah. quite large. Uh, you get a sense of the largeness uh, compared to ourselves of that energetic source. Now, mm-hmm. when you were in Costa Rica, did you encounter any of the medicine healing paths, like ayahuasca? Mm. No, you know, it's so funny. Um, I read a book right before my son was born. I was pregnant when I read this book um, um, called The Cosmic Serpent, which is a really, really good, oh. interesting book. And, and have, have you, do you, are you aware of it or have you read it? No, I've heard it. I've heard it, but I've never read mm-hmm. it. So it was really interesting. It was a scientist, a European scientist, went to the jungles of Peru. He was studying um, the double helix and DNA. And he mm-hmm. ended up at, in, a, in a ceremony in the jungles of Peru. Um, and so I, that was how I learned about ayahuasca. Ayahuasca was not as popular as it was now. I've never heard of it before. And when I heard about it, I was like, whoa, that sounds really cool. I want to do that. And, um, but I was in Costa Rica, and there aren't ceremonies in Costa Rica. Um, I had a friend who went down to Peru. This was probably like, 13, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. So it still was not a big thing in the United States. A friend who went and did it, and I was still intrigued by it. And um, But now I don't have any desire to do it at all. Like I right. just don't feel like I need it. I have an amazing connection to source. I go, I feel like I go, every time I do a remote healing, I feel like I go on some sort of sacred journey because I'm actually feeling myself traveling through space space and time. Um, And all the answers that I need, I, I, I I can access. So it's not, and then, and, and then throw in there as well. I mean, that's my experience, Um, but put in there as well that I just don't want to be altered in any way. I have no desire to be altered by anything. Um, external. So, right. I figured yeah. in your current context you would not, but I didn't know if yeah. prior to that uh, last transition mm-hmm. if you had actually experienced that or not. Yeah, you know, I mean, it sound, you, when I first heard of it, I was like, that sounds cool, and I'm sure it is, and I've heard amazing stories about it, and for some people that is their path, you know, and for me, I had a glimpse of it, and it looked really cool, and then I had a glimpse of it, and it didn't look so cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I just, I did experience the medicine path while I was mm-hmm. in uh, Mexico, and mm-hmm. I can say it was quite revelatory. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, it definitely was one of those life-altering reality. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the cosmic serpent, of course, I can relate to understanding even that terminology. So I'm definitely right. going to check out the book. But it is not something that I would say anybody who uh, is looking for a simple recreational kind of high <laughs> right. experience, it is not that at all. But I, you know, I do yeah. know that there have been a, a lot of studies that talk about the uh, the extreme healing that people can do who are dealing mm-hmm. with extreme addictions like uh, mm-hmm. drugs, like heroin and cocaine and yeah. things of that nature. 
um, that yeah. it really, but it's rather a, a harsh kind of dealing with oneself mm-hmm. while in that psychedelic state. And yes, I've heard a that lot too. Of benefit, and then, you know. Yeah, is it, there's another medicine, medicinal plant that's not ayahuasca. I can't remember the name of it now, but it has been used um, spe- specifically to help people um, oh, yeah. come Stay off up. of. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> toad-based toad medicine. Yes, <laughs> that, this, I did not. Uh, I did not uh, do this toad medicine. I have several friends that I made mm-hmm. down in Mexico that do the Sapo awakening mm-hmm. experiences, but mm-hmm. I felt that it was a bit more of a masculine energetic ex- experience mm-hmm. rather than ayahuasca, mm-hmm. which is a feminine energy, and I just yeah. didn't want to blast my brain open in a 15-minute uh, <laughs> life review. It just, it just seemed a little bit too much for me, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do know that you bring people out of the country, and you, clearly because you lived out of the country for a significant period mm-hmm. of time, there must be something mm-hmm. in you that uh, is drawn to uh, travel. And so what do you do mm-hmm. with retreats outside <laughs> of the country? Well, it's funny. This, that something within me that's drawn to travel is a Sagittarius. <laughs> it's my friend. <laughs> <line. laughs> I've been. I have traveled my whole life, um, and my whole life, um, and a lot of travel. And I lived in um, in Argentina as well. And I've traveled on, on my own. So I have definitely been looking to. I, I mean, I wanted to incorporate travel into into my work. Um, so I do um, the retreats with Alicia Miller, a fellow Sagittarius, and um, we take people to Costa Rica, and that's been really, really amazing. Those retreats are really powerful healing retreats, um, and um, this we call it the Sacred Emotion Retreat. And then um, okay. I um, also, yeah, I want to corp- incorporate and doing, you know, so I did a workshop out in Southern California in June and I would like to travel more for workshops and retreats and, and, and I want to be able to incorporate Scott into that as well. So we'll see um, mm-hmm. how that plays out. Cause you know, he's a very talented mm-hmm. channel and musician and artist and you know, photographer. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's truly a Renaissance man. <laughs> so. That is wonderful to have that. I do know that travel, when you get out of your, uh, what do they say, you change your latitude, change your attitude. I think Corona mm-hmm. used that for their beer commercials, but on a larger <laughs> sense. Uh, I mm-hmm. spent six months in Playa del Carmen, Mexico last year, wow. and mm-hmm. it was transformative. And yeah. I'm feeling the call to Chiang Mai, Thailand. Mm. And there's so many places that are energetic sources mm-hmm. where you know, Costa Rica is one of those things. I'm always seeing people yeah. on yoga retreats and healing retreats in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. So there's certain energy in these places around uh, the world, yeah. certainly in the United States, Asheville, Sedona, things like that. Mm-hmm. You do get a sense of that. But to be in a different cultural dynamic and like mm-hmm. you said, uh, the energy of a city environment in Atlanta versus the quiet non-technology, time-driven focus that happens in many places outside of the United States, it does Mm -hmm. shift. And it seems like the days are longer, (laughs) 
and mm-hmm. the colors are more vibrant because you're really much more present. So I can see mm-hmm. the lure of uh, the travel, especially if you're doing transformation work with people. I think that's yeah. really um, exciting, and I've heard wonderful things about your retreats, that they definitely are life-changing for people. So mm-hmm. um, do you have any coming up in the com- next six months or so mm-hmm. or a year? Yes. So we have one in um, in two weeks, in a week and a half. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Sold out, though. Um, <laughs> but it is, um, it's someone with Alicia Miller, and we try to do two a year. Um, and the, it's really amazing. We um, The one we use for the Sacred Emotion Retreat in Costa Rica, is on, it feels like it is on sacred land. And Costa Rica is. I think a lot of Central and South America and Asia have mm-hmm. sacred ground in them. And um, I experienced my first portal when I was in Costa Rica. Um, mm-hmm. The Sacred Emotion Retreat we host on, it's on a quartz mountain. And it's up in the rainforest mm-hmm. and it's like oh. isolated. And, you know, there are two cans that land in the tree next to you at breakfast. And there are monkeys and wow. you know, all the wildlife. And it's so green and so beautiful. And it's overlooking, you know, it's um, overlooking the Nicoya Peninsula, which the Nicoya Peninsula empties out into the um, Pacific Ocean. So it's just really a magical, magical place. And, and you're right, like, when we can put ourselves in, a, in a, over or within land that is healing in and of itself, it magnifies everything else mm-hmm. that we do, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, and also taking everybody out of, you know, their everyday life. I mean, it is powerful mm-hmm. to be able to spend a week away from your family and the grocery store and the car and all of that mm-hmm. and to be really nurtured and held and fed like organic farm to table food mm-hmm. and to be pampered. Like that is really valuable to the healing experience. Absolutely. So what yeah. does your itineraries look like? Or you said it's a week in Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a week in Costa Rica, and um, we the way that um, Alicia and I run our retreat is that we meet, meet in circle twice a day for a few hours, and in those circles we explore um, through um, core emotional work, which is Alicia's model, and then through energy work, which is mine. We explore um, trauma, childhood, um, you know, um, experiences that are negatively or I don't like to use the words positive and negative so much, but that are impacting mm-hmm. our, our lives today in a way that is detrimental or challenging. Um, and mm-hmm. we help people to access the repressed emotions, to find the expression of them, to shift limiting beliefs and to basically crack themselves open. Um, and then mm. in between sessions, um, every day there's um, yoga twice a day. It's optional, but it's available every day. We do um, a dance release ceremony. We do a fire ceremony. Um, mm-hmm. We do a lot of intention setting and meditating. People use the biomats in between sessions. They have time to process. Oh. Um, I mean, there's just a lot. Everything is geared towards um, everybody feeling nurtured and held. And seen and heard. I've heard good things about biomats. I've heard great things about biomats. Amazing. Uh, Oh my God. Crystals, right? (laughs) 
oh, they're packed with crystals. They release negative ions. They're so relaxing. They help to reset the nervous system. They help to detoxify the body. They're amazing. I um, I um, use them during my in-person sessions. Um, mm. And I've been, and it, it really is impactful. It really contributes to um, a deeper experience. Now, um, how many people typically are in one of your retreats? Usually seven. Yeah, okay. we make it a, an intimate so an affair. Intimate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. So, it's important for everybody to have time to speak at every session, um, and it's important to be able to really hold um, an extreme because everybody is being. I mean, there we're sharing things that many women haven't even remembered. The memories that are coming up. Um, there's a real sense of connection, openness, vulnerability, and intimacy, and so. We keep. We want to in, intentionally keep our our circle small and intimate and held. Mm-hmm. And so, information about your all of your workshops and events mm-hmm. and retreats is available mm-hmm. on your website. Correct. Yes, yeah, so on my website, which is JanetRaftis.com, and then I have. Um, as I said, you know, the workshop at the end of this month, but also in October I have a retreat that is a spiritual and intuitive development retreat. So it'll be a little different than the workshop. There's a little bit of overlap, but a lot of the retreat will be creating sacred space, working with the sacred land. It's outside of Asheville, speaking of sacred land. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be really, and I think really, really powerful in a different way. And that'll be beautiful because it will uh, be fall uh, in yes. Asheville, and I've heard that that is absolutely magnificent. I have not been to Asheville. Mm-hmm. I've been in Atlanta 25 years. I haven't been to Asheville yet. I don't know. <laughs> it's on my list. Uh, it's definitely yeah. on my list. Yeah, it's beautiful. Now, we're getting in the final few minutes of your uh, mm-hmm. interview, but I wanted to ask you, so you have a son, and um, – mm-hmm. Is he also um, psychically gifted in terms of, or has he had, like, empathy? Were you able to uh, usher in his um, sensitivity differently than, like, what you might have experienced? And on top of that, do you do any of your classes or, or workshops that are oriented to teens who might be dealing with mm-hmm. the things that you dealt with in your high school uh, years? Okay. Yes, those are great questions. So my son is intuitive and empathic. Um, and yes, he's had a very different experience because we've always been very open about all of it. He's also Reiki attuned. You know, he's a teenager now, so he doesn't use it, but he did when he was younger. Um, he mm-hmm. is very earthbound spirits are extremely connected to Jake. They love him. We, um, and actually that's the reason why I learned how to do house clearings. I mean, the reason I learned everything I know about house clearings, which is a service that I actually offer along with Scott now, it is due to the fact that we were getting like infestations of earthbound spirits. It was out of control Mm -hmm. and it was because of my son. Um, and they, and he's very psychic so he could see them, he could hear them, he could feel them. 
he could, they would touch him. He could feel it. It was extremely disconcerting for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to really, I had to really up my game there. That was all that started. He's 14 now. I, I would say it was really, really intense when he was about 10. Um, and now he also, through that, um, I was able to teach him. He knows how to cross spirits over now. Um, oh, wow. He knows which ones are, you know, okay to be around and which ones aren't and so forth and so on. Um, yeah, we have a house full of sensitive people. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so offering workshops. I have taught um, children Reiki before. And um, I am thinking about doing um, a class. I have not offered it yet, but it's on my radar to do a workshop for teenagers, um, probably like 12 to 18, um, to Mm -hmm. help them with their empathic and and intuitive gifts. Mm -hmm. That seems Mm -hmm. like a critical age because you are Mm -hmm. then vulnerable to those numbing mm-hmm. uh, opportunities through other substances yeah. and unhealthy attachments with other teenagers. And uh, uh, even emotional dumping takes place in the teen mm-hmm. space in terms of uh, narcissist or abusic, um, abusive relationship patterns oftentimes mm-hmm. are the first boyfriends and girlfriends people have, and they don't know how yeah. to manage that under the best of circumstances and then if you throw me mm-hmm. empathetic or highly sensitive on top of it, it would seem to make you rather at a vulnerable or at-risk population. So, so I was wondering if you were uh, bringing your experience then into that um, healing for that age group. Mm-hmm. That had, <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. for females, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and I do see um yeah, I do see a lot of my clients um bring their daughters in for sessions and so forth. Um because of that very reason. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you it has been wonderful having you come on the interview this evening. And um I actually have a caller who does have a question about house clearing. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you hold on okay. one moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this Lori? Indeed it is. Hi. Hi, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. I understand you have a question about house clearing and the full moon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did it uh, <laughs> two months ago, but it, I just maybe it's not clean enough. What mm-hmm. advice would you give me? Because there's still um, a lot of uh, activity. It's not the mm-hmm. most positive. Okay. Um, and have you? What have you done in your home for clearing? I've lit the white candles, said prayers, mm-hmm. and also did the uh, the um, sage, the sage cleaning, mm-hmm. the huge white sage. We went through every corner, every closet, mm-hmm. um, every, yeah. we did the, everything. Every window started upstairs and went clockwise. Um, invested a lot of time and effort in doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, you, if you have spirits in the house, then they need to be 
ushered out of the house or crossed over. Um, and sage won't do that. Sage will clear the environmental energies, but it won't move spirits on. Um, so one thing that you can do is, I mean, you're the boss of your house. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, boundaries with the spirit world are the same as they are with the physical world. So you could tell them to get out. Don't ask. You don't have to be nice about it. Just say get out. Um, some will go easily. Some will be more stubborn. Um, but you have, I mean, it's, it's your house. Like you can tell them to get out. You can also um, call on Archangel Azrael to help them cross over if you don't know how to do that. Um, but you can, that's something you can learn to do as well. Are you, you I mean, I, I'm getting that you're sensitive to them. You know where they are and, and what their energy is. Yes. Oh, very sensitive. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, like ask, tell them to go to the light. Tell them that their family's waiting for them. Tell them that they're forgiven and that they, they will know love when they get there. Again, some will go easily. Some will be more stubborn. Um, but you can call an Archangel Azrael to cross them over as well. I did that with the white candle. I called them mm-hmm. in. I helped. Mm-hmm. I had the white candle on all day. Mm-hmm. The big one, mm-hmm. and I just said, you know, all is forgiven. I love you, and I mm-hmm. want the best for you. Please go mm-hmm. into the light. Go where you mm-hmm. need to go. It's not here. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done that, and I don't even know if it's spirits or if it's the energy of the people who lived here before mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that I feel like is that I one thing that I'm getting is that they come into your house. Um, and so a, a, a more effective seal around your property would be good. Um, because I feel like what they're kind of showing me is that, you know, <laughs> one goes and another one comes in. Um, the energy that what I'm getting is that the stagnant energy you cleared. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the stagnant energy is cleared. It's just the energy. You have a, a few that are stubborn, and you have um, you ha- they're coming in. Your house is like an, an uh, it feels like an invitation to them. Do you, do you uh, does that feel right to you? I mean, I, that's what I'm getting. They, they like see a light there, and they're like, oh, look at her house. Let's go hang out with Lori. I'm so sensitive, and I was reading your website, and I'm like, oh, this is my life story. This is my life story. I can relate. I can relate. Mm-hmm. I, I I go more towards the, you know, 520 hertz music, the 432, mm-hmm. always lifting mm-hmm. the vibration in here, happy, mm-hmm. positive, careful mm-hmm. about who I'm allowed to come into the house. So I don't mm-hmm. know why they keep coming like a revolving door. You just took the words, oh, you must be psychic. Mm-hmm. You took the words right <laughs> out of my mind because I, I was going to say it's like a revolving door around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so the boundaries need to be more effective that are around your house. The seal needs to be more effective. Um, you can work with the angels with that. Um, one thing that I do is I use a lot of golden light and I will put, um, I mean, everything that every place that I go to now, um, has, is like basically bathed in golden light. I have angels on the corners of the property. Um, and I have like a very explicit understanding, but no, no, they're not allowed in without my permission. 
And it's just like almost like my inner badass with it. Like I'm a sweet, loving person. But when I'm dealing with like the spirits over there, I'm like a badass. I'm like an energy ninja. I'm like, you need to get the hell out. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like you got to be kind of forceful in that way with it. You are sovereign over your body. You're sovereign over your home. You're sovereign over your property. And none of them can get in without your permission. But you've got to kind of lay down the law. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. The lady's energy who used to live here before was always mm-hmm. harassing me when I'd go to sleep mm-hmm. and me in the face. And I turned mm-hmm. around and I just yelled because I was home alone. This is no longer mm-hmm. your house. Get out. You don't Good. live here anymore. You're not mm-hmm. alive. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but you didn't take care of it. Now go. And yeah. she left. But somebody Good. still... Yeah slaps me or they tickle they, they start making sounds in my ear when I take a nap during mm-hmm. the day. I don't know what it is mm-hmm. about during the day that they, they come around. They're active at that time, yeah. The same thing. You did the same thing. I mean the way you just described the way you talked to the, the former owner of the house was perfect. I mean I felt it in your voice, you know? Yeah, I had to because I mean we've only lived here uh, like a year and a half and mm-hmm. it started right away and I can be mm-hmm. totally energetic and as soon as I come mm-hmm. inside this house I'm in pain mm-hmm. and everything's hurting yeah yeah um, if you want Lori I mean feel free to reach out to me through um, my website and mm-hmm. we can talk more in depth about some things that might mm-hmm. be helpful okay yeah that sounds good and i I'm so glad to be able to dial into a show like this where you guys don't think I'm just totally. You can't talk to people. You can't talk to your friends or family members because they're not where you're at yet. Who knows if they'll yeah. ever get there. And you don't yeah. have, it's, it's, we live in a world all our own. You know that. I know that. Yeah. It's lonely, lonely in this world. So that's why I'm so um, grateful for shows like this, where even though we can't see each other, we still can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And maybe even, maybe even more fully, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lori, thank you so much for calling in this evening. And definitely, if you're on Facebook, please connect with. Uh, me and the vibrarian community because it's certainly a whole tribe of people who are talking the same kind of talk and having the conversations and experiences that we've been talking about this evening. Mm -hmm. And definitely reach out and connect with Janet. She is amazing, as you can tell, an amazing healer. So I thank you for calling this evening, and we're going to wind up the show here uh, because we're on just our last few minutes. And Janet, I just really thank you so much for your appearing uh, here this evening on the Psychic Inside show. Um, It really has been interesting getting to talk with you about your journey, and I know that someone is going to be uplifted by hearing your your empathy journey and your self-healing journey. Is there any last wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience as we close? Oh, thank you so much, Joelle. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. And um, you know, I think that the, the, the one piece of wisdom that is so valuable is that, that the wisdom is, is within us. We all, mm-hmm. all have access to the answers within us, and learning to tune into that and to trust it um, is 
the one thing that can um, that can align us with everything that we want and desire and and feel to be true for us. As you were saying that, you know, the, I'm from Kansas, and my inner Dorothy was hearing Glenda say, <laughs> "Dorothy, it was in you all along, my dear." Yes. <laughs> <I'm saying>. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This has been the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm the Vibrarian, and I've been having a conversation with Janet Raftus and. And I invite you to tune in next week on Tuesday for another episode where we get to hear about someone else's journey as they've discovered their psychic gifts and abilities. Until we meet again in the airspace, I do wish you all of the blessings that you can have to overflowing abundance, more than you could possibly carry in your little arms. (laughs) So namaste. (laughs) Thank you.